Let us begin. Cheers, everyone. Welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host, Ijimati Ale, and welcome to Recap Your NFL Week 14. Just like every week in this year's chaotic and unusual NFL season, Week 14 had its own storylines of drama and intrigue. Also, some very key game matchups and also some key victories for several teams in this year's season as you race into the playoff race. Now we're in a playoff push right now, so this week is very much critical for a lot of teams facing a lot of must-win games. And there were those teams that won that had to win, and those teams that had to win but lost at the same time. And we're also in the second week of December right now. We just got done Wrapping up the second week of December in the NFL season, we're now halfway point into December, the most critical month of the NFL season, with January just around the corner. So let's get into it and talk about the six most interesting teams of this year's NFL season, starting with the AFC side. And there will be drink pairing at the end of this episode, do stay tuned for that. But here I'll go, starting with the AFC side of the game, starting with Jacksonville, who has some very much interesting storylines available over the weekend, with, of all cases, Urban Meyer, to which is actually no surprise, actually, given the amount of storylines and drama that Urban Meyer has brought to the NFL this season. A report just came out that there's a lot of unhappy people inside the Jaguars organization now starting to spill over now. It's starting to become more public now. There's a lot of coaches and players who are not happy with Urban Meyer. He has pretty much broken off all relationships with them that are now beyond repair, creating to what many are starting to see a very negative atmosphere within the Jaguars organization, which is starting to seem to spill onto the field because Jaguars got beat this week again to the Tennessee Titans by a score 20 to nothing. In where Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions, it was definitely an ugly day for Jacksonville Jaguars as they are now 2-11 and 11, and also 3rd in the AFC South. It's actually no surprise that they're in that position, but I'm also very much surprised they're not the last in their division. But right now, 2-11 and 11 for Jaguars, a very ugly standing in this year's NFL season, and also not a good look for Urban Meyer, who's also going to be very competitive. But the big story for Jaguars right now is recent news surrounding Urban Meyer, given a recent report that got published about turmoil inside the Jaguars organization. This report details drama inside the Jaguars organization, where Urban Meyer calling his coaches losers, going as far to question their qualifications to be a coach in the league. But in the end, he hired these coaches. So why is he criticizing coaches, calling them losers, when he hired them to come to Jaguars organization? There's also a report about an event wide receiver Marvin Jones left the facility after a dispute with Urban Meyer after Urban Meyer gave public and even private criticism of the Jaguars wide receiving core. Jones had to be convinced to come back to the facility and also was reported to have a very heated argument with Urban Meyer during the Jacksonville Jaguars recent practice. And there's also a report about a team meeting where Urban Meyer is criticizing his coaches once again, questioning the resumes and demanding that they show him that they're qualified to be in the league. And then it gets even worse, where after the recent game with the Rams, where after the game, players from Jacksonville Jaguars spoke with players from Los Angeles Rams and where they criticized Urban Meyer. Now, this is a team criticizing their own coach to another NFL team after a game. This is something that I've really never heard about before. Now, we've heard about coaches getting criticized by their players before in public settings, such as what Tiki Barber once did to Tom Coughlin with the New York Giants several years ago. But this is different. I mean, this is after a game where several players from one team are criticizing their own coach to another NFL team. That's how bad this situation is right now. Urban Meyer went on to criticize the report by saying that there is a source criticizing him. He said that source is now unemployed. So Urban Meyer is looking probably to fire someone for leaking his information, but in the end, I don't think he can just fire anyone or even get rid of a player for leaking information because think about it. In the end, let's say that source was Trevor Lawrence, the first round pick. Is Urban Meyer going to get rid of Trevor Lawrence or criticizing him? I highly doubt it. So if it's a player that Urban Meyer wants on a 
team who's leaking this information, I don't think Urban Meyer is going to get rid of that player. Now, the source could be anybody, but I do believe it's multiple sources. But it's clear that there are several inside the Jacksonville Jaguars organization who want Urban Meyer gone, and they're willing to leak information to help make that happen. It's very much an ugly situation inside the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, and many saw this coming given this is Urban Meyer's first round in the NFL, and likely his last, because many wondered was he going to be able to adapt from college football to the NFL, and so far he has not shown to do that. He treats the NFL like it's college football, something the NFL players do not like because he want to be treated like adults and not college kids. And it appears that Urban Meyer's style is not working inside the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Now we're starting to see it boil over, not only on the field, but within the organization. So I do believe this is going to end very badly for Urban Meyer. And just recently, a few hours ago actually, Urban Meyer made a statement about Andre Sisco, a defensive player for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer is asking about his playing time. Urban Meyer said, I don't believe I have his numbers in front of me. That was his quote. That was a statement from Urban Meyer. In the end, Sisco had zero snaps in his recent Sunday loss for Jaguars. So now Urban Meyer really can't remember the playing time for some of his players. He can't remember when they're playing. He can't remember who's playing. Definitely not a good look for NFL head coach, especially Urban Meyer, who's supposed to be more detail-oriented. This is definitely a bad look for him. I and mean, this is just this situation in Jacksonville. It's getting a lot worse. I mean, I don't know how fast it's going to get. I don't know how far it's going to go. But right now, it appears it's going to end very badly. The thing is, though, when will it end? And how far will it go? Will it end this season? Will it extend it to next season? Because right now, there's only one man who could stop this from happening. And that is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shad Khan. And it's been reported that Shad Khan is not in a hurry to resolve the situation. He does want to keep Urban Meyer around. And that does appear to be likely. He's known for his loyalty. He's kept coaches around for multiple years, even though he probably had to go much sooner. So it does appear that Shad Khan, the owner of Jacksonville Jaguars, is going to stand by Urban Meyer despite all this drama that's happening right now. But in the end, since Shad Khan is owner of Jaguars, how successful has that team been? Well, not very successful. They have no Super Bowls under Shad Khan. They went to the AFC Championship. That's as far as they've gotten, but they haven't won much more beyond that. So if he's going to stick around with Urban Meyer, he's going to have to deal with the consequences that will follow afterwards because this is just one season. I mean, this is one season full of drama and chaos. I mean, this is something that I can't, I mean, you know, Dallas Cowboys, my favorite team, they have had several issues in the past. They're known to have a lot of drama and controversy, but this is going on for, you know, this is a Cowboys thing. But they tend to get around it. They seem to be better to navigate these situations a lot better. But the Jaguars, when they're dealing with it, especially right now, it's not going over too well because right now, Urban Meyer has shown to be a major burden on the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. He's only bringing them down. He's holding back their progress. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions last Sunday. He was first on draft pick. These people saw him as a second coming of Christ when it comes to the NFL. And look what's happening. I mean, look at Mac Jones. He went further in the first round in the NFL draft, got drafted by New England, and now Mac Jones is out there kicking ass. Is Trevor Lawrence doing that? Not right now. He probably could later. But right now, with him being down in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence isn't doing anything while Mac Jones is out there making things happen. And former NFL general manager Michael Labardi just said, has also recently chimed in on his NFL report about Urban Meyer, saying that this report is just a tip of the iceberg. Lombardi is hinting that there's much more to the story that meets the eye that it is indeed worse. A lot worse than what the report is saying right now. So when more stories come out about Urban Meyer drama down Jacksonville, what will be the next story? Because right now, this story is an ongoing development story. By the time you listen to this podcast, there might be another major development. We might get word that Urban Meyer is fired. Who knows? But do bear with me on this because this is a major developing story with Urban Meyer. I definitely will have more information on next week's edition of Bruce Stilled as the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously one of the teams being profiled this season as part of what I call the six most interesting teams in this year's NFL season and they are by far interesting because Jesus, this is a big issue and a big dramatic issue for Jacksonville Jaguars and also for the NFL. Because as the report says, there is tension building between Urban Meyer and the coaches in that locker room within the Jacksonville Jaguars organization which could very well harm their free agency efforts at the end of the season because when at the end of the season, assuming Urban Meyer is still the coach and he tries to get 
free agents to sign with Jacksonville, he might have players not wanting to join the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might even affect the NFL draft in terms of players getting drafted by Jacksonville. They may not be too enthusiastic about being drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though they won't have much of a say in that. But in the end, this could very well hurt Jacksonville adding key talent to their team, given reports of just animosity between players and Urban Meyer. Now, as I said earlier, we don't know who these sources are, but it, clear, it is clear that there are people inside Jacksonville who want Urban Meyer gone, and they're willing to go to great efforts to make that happen, including leaking information to the media and making things like this report happen. So my question for Jaguars is, how do they overcome this Urban Meyer drama? Is it able to be fixed? Can they overcome it? If so, how will they do that? How will the rest of the season play out? What will be the next major Urban Meyer story? And will Shot Khan remain loyal to Urban Meyer and keep him around for multiple years and not fire him after one season? And also, will Urban Meyer go to Notre Dame? I'm not going to rule that out just yet. Even though there's all this drama going on, Urban Meyer might be tempted to find a way out of this. Maybe he's doing all this on purpose right now. Maybe he doesn't want to be in the NFL anymore. Maybe he wants out, so he's doing something to help make this happen. But it's also the contract issue. The Jaguars can't just get rid of Urban Meyer because he owe him a lot of money. If they get rid of Urban Meyer, it's going to be very expensive. you got to pay him a lot of money to make that happen. So that could also be a roadblock with Shad Khan firing Urban Meyer in this current hypothetical situation, Urban Meyer leaving the team. So right now, this is an ongoing developing story, but it's clear the Jaguars are definitely a major train wreck, a dumpster fire. There's definitely a locker room in shambles down there right now. We can see it on the field, and it's all leading to Urban Meyer. Because right now, Urban Meyer, he's the head coach, and right now, the situation with Jacksonville is very ugly, not only on the field, but inside the locker room. We'll just have to see what happens next in the saga to Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. Because right now, it is indeed a very ugly story. This now brings me to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team with no drama, actually. They actually won again against the Raiders by a impressive score of 48-9, to bringing the record to 9-4 and in the AFC, but despite this being a very big win for the Chiefs, and a very impressive win in terms of numbers, is there really that much of a win when you look at it? Because in the end, the Raiders are really not the most competitive team in this year's NFL season. So are the Chiefs playing teams that are really allowing them to win easy games to bring up the record? And if they played a more quality team like, say, the Patriots, how would that go for the Chiefs? Because in the end, yes, the Chiefs are winning, but do those wins really go against quality teams? And will these wins help the Chiefs in the long run when they make their playoff push? I do believe them they are going to go to the playoffs, obviously, but will they make a deep run when they start playing more quality teams? And they will eventually probably play the Patriots most likely in the playoffs, assuming to make it that far. And it's been a common trend for the Chiefs in this season in the NFL is that they actually had their issues and are starting to come back from those issues, but are they really legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl? Now, I did have them go to the Super Bowl this year, but I don't believe that's the case anymore. I do believe right now the main contender from the AFC for Super Bowl in terms of going to the Super Bowl is the New England Patriots. And it could very well be against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, assuming that New England makes it to far, which right now is highly likely. But going back to the Chiefs, they're starting to win again, but are they legitimate? That's my question for the Chiefs. I know if this has been a common issue for the Chiefs on this podcast for Bruce Stilled about the 2021 NFL season, that is, are the Chiefs actually legitimate contenders? I don't believe that's the case for the Chiefs. I don't think they're legitimate right now this season, and they could very well get a reality check this coming Thursday night when they face up against the Los Angeles Chargers. That is a divisional matchup for them, and the Los Angeles Chargers, they're not the best team. They're also good enough where they can give the Chiefs a challenge. I do believe that will be a challenging game for the Kansas City Chiefs when they face off against the Los Angeles Chargers. So my question for Chiefs is, are they legitimate? I don't think so, but it could also prove me wrong. And they will indeed have a tough matchup that's coming Thursday against the Chargers, which could be a reality check for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, as for New England, New England had a bye week this week, so there's nothing new to report in New England. We'll see how New England does when they return to action NFL Week 15. But having a bye week in December for the Patriots is actually a good thing for them. It could give them an advantage in their playoff push and probably even Super Bowl aspirations. So we'll see how they do in NFL Week 15. Now, going into the NFC side of the game with the six most interesting teams, starting with Tampa. Now, Tampa won their game this week. They had a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills, and this game definitely lived up to expectations. 
situation. So it's definitely a challenging game for Tampa Bay. They won the game in overtime by a score of 33 to 27. Tom Brady threw for two touchdowns and 363 yards. It was a good game for Tom Brady. He definitely broke a record at the same time. Broke a Drew's Breeze record actually by throwing 700 touchdown passes in his victory over the Buffalo Bills. This now brings Tampa Bay's record to 10 and 3. They were 6 and 0 at home. This is a home victory for them as well. They played this game in Tampa. So right now Tampa, they're definitely on a roll right now. I do believe them as the dominant team in the NFC. They're definitely on track to go into the Super Bowl. They are behind the Arizona Cardinals in terms of getting number one seed, but I do believe that Tampa is going to be the dominant team so far in the NFC. I would love to say about the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys can overcome Tampa in the playoffs, and I'll get to Dallas in a few minutes, actually. But right now, you know, we're all hearing about Arizona Cardinals. They're this dominant team. They got the best record in the NFC. I don't really talk about Arizona Cardinals very much here in this podcast, but in the end, even though that Arizona Cardinals have the best record, I do believe that Tampa Bay is the better team. And the next game that Tampa is going to play is going to be against the Saints this coming Sunday in a night game against New Orleans Saints. That'll be a key game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he lost to the Saints earlier this season. So having them as a rematch in a home game actually will be a critical game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do believe they're going to win this matchup. I do believe Tampa Bay is going to win this game. Tom Brady is going to get that team together and guide Tampa to a victory in a rematch against New Orleans Saints. I wish they had a game against the Arizona Cardinals. That would be an interesting game to see, see how that would go. But they're not on the schedule this season. But even though they're behind the Cardinals and NFC Arms Race to get the number one seed for the NFC playoffs, I do see Tampa as the best team right now. My question for Tampa is, will they find a way to overcome the Arizona Cardinals and get the number one seed? There is nothing Tampa can do about that in terms of playing a game with them. They will have to rely on the help from other NFL teams, such as the Cowboys. So they need the Cardinals to lose games, and Tampa needs to win games concurrently in order to overcome Arizona to become the dominant team in the NFC and get the number one seed for the playoffs. That may not happen, but also may not matter in the end, as I do see Tampa as a dominant team in the NFC. The question is, can outside forces help Tampa get the number one seed? In the meantime, we'll see how they do against the Saints this coming Sunday. I do believe it's going to be a very good game. I can't wait to see that game, but I will be watching that game. It'll be a good holiday game to see. I do have Tampa winning that game, but will outside forces help Tampa in the end? Let's stay tuned to find out. Now, the Packers won a game last night against the Chicago Bears, their division rival, by a score of 45-30. to It was a big win for the Packers, bringing their record to 10-3. and They're also behind the Arizona Cardinals in NFC Arms Race to get the number one seed. It was also a good game for Aaron Rodgers. He threw for four touchdowns and 341 yards. There's also been talk of him getting the MVP award this year. So a question for the Green Bay Packers is, can Aaron Rodgers get the MVP award in this year's NFL season? That remains to be seen. They could also go to Tom Brady as well in terms of quarterback. And the Packers will be facing the Ravens this coming Sunday. I do believe they're going to win that game against the Ravens. And the rest of the schedule with the Browns, the Vikings, and the Lions does look like it'll be a pretty easy schedule for the Green Bay Packers going forward. So there's anybody who could probably overtake the Cardinals and get a number one seed. It could be Green Bay because we have to remember earlier this year the Packers defeated the Arizona Cardinals by a score of 24-21. It was a close game but in the end the Packers won so the Packers shown they can beat the Cardinals that's something Tampa has shown they cannot do. Dallas will get their chance later this season later in the season when the Cowboys face off against the Cardinals but I do believe the Cardinals right now they are in the lead in the NFC arms race but I also don't see them as a dominant team but I do believe that Tampa is better than Green Bay and also Aaron Rodgers he says his toe injury is still an issue right now. He says it feels worse after each game so will this toe injury or this injury that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with, will this come back to haunt him as the season progresses into December? Will this injury hinder his progress and also stop the Packers from going into the Super Bowl? They're obviously going to go to the playoffs, but how they do in the playoffs, they're going to face from Sith competition in the playoffs. They're going to potentially be facing off against the Cardinals again, Tampa Bay, the Cowboys, and maybe, just maybe, the Los Angeles Rams, assuming the Rams can make it to the playoffs. That remains to be seen. But right now, the Cardinals, they're a main threat right now for the Packers, but the Packers, they're in a good position 
position right now. They got a good record. They got some key wins. They get some key teams, such as the Cardinals. But what is injury that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with? Will this be an issue later in the season? We don't know yet. It looks like he's continuing to play through this injury. He's not going to let this injury bother him. He's going to play through it. But he has also acknowledged that it does continue to feel worse after each game. The question is, will this injury hinder his progress and derail the Packers in their quest to get to Super Bowl in this year's NFL season? And also with Aaron Rodgers, see the Packers next season, it's way too soon to discuss that topic, but it's also worth monitoring as well. It could also depend how the Packers do in the playoffs. So right now, the Packers are in a good position right now. They're on a roll. They're on the right track. But will Aaron Rodgers' injury bring it all crumbling down? This now brings me to the Dallas Cowboys, who won yesterday against the Washington football team by a score of 27-20. And this was a key win for the Cowboys, a divisional rival they beat, or divisional rival they defeated. The Cowboys won over the Washington football team in a key matchup, bringing a record to 9-4. and But the Cowboys are still behind Tampa and Green Bay and Arizona in terms of getting number one seed in the NFC playoffs in this arms race. It doesn't seem the Cowboys are going to be able to overtake those three teams, but they are definitely on track to get into the playoffs. I definitely don't know what seed they're going to get, but yesterday's game, it was a key win, but here's the problem I have with this victory. Yes, it was good to see the Cowboys win. It's always good to see them beat the Washington football team, their divisional rival. It's always good seeing that, but here's where I get a little concerned. In the first quarter, the Cowboys had 18 points. Washington had zero. In the second quarter, Dallas scored another six points. Washington had zero points. Now, this brings us to halftime. Now, after halftime, in the third quarter, Dallas had zero points. Washington had 12. In the end, the Dallas Cowboys won this game by 27 to 20, but they're also screwing around in the second half to where they could have very well could have lost this game. They got lucky in the end. They won, but in the end, the first half was great, but the second half, it wasn't that spectacular. The Dallas defense did really well. Micah Parsons making the case not only for Defensive Rookie of the Year, but also for the Defensive Player of the Year as well. But the first half was great. They were doing really well, but the second half, they could have screwed up and lost this game easily. So the second half, I don't know what happened. Why did he play not as good in the second half as he did in the first half? That's a concern half for the Cowboys right now is that they're not scoring enough points. Dak Prescott threw one touchdown pass and threw two interceptions. He didn't have the best game. That's another concern as well. You know, the Cowboys, they paid Dak Prescott a lot of money. I mean, he gets paid more than Tom Brady and he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he gets paid more money than Tom Brady. So when you're going to pay someone that amount of money, a quarterback, just like the Dallas Cowboys did with Dak Prescott, he better deliver and give them a Super Bowl. But right now, yesterday was very concerning with the second half of this game because they could have lost his game and they're going to play the Washington football team again one more time this season. So my question for the Cowboys is, can they overcome these issues not being as consistent and be more consistent? Can they have a better second half like to do with a good first half? Can they be more consistent in these games and not get too cocky and end up losing in the end? So right now the Cowboys, they're probably not going to get to number one seed, but they're going to get into the playoffs. But then they're going to face some real competition. They're going to potentially be playing against teams like the Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers. They may even have a rematch against Tampa Bay Buccaneers because after they got beat by the Buccaneers earlier this season, Dak Prescott approached Tom Brady after the game and said, we'll see you again. That might very well end up happening. And if it does, Dallas has to be ready because he cannot play against Tampa like they did yesterday. And even though this was a win over a divisional rival, it's also not an impressive win at the same time. Their next matchup this coming Sunday will be against the New York Giants. That should be a win after that to play the Washington football team one more time. And on January 2nd day after New Year's, they will be facing off against the Arizona Cardinals, which would be the biggest game of the year for them. That's going to be a major test for Dallas. The biggest test for Dallas is going to come on January 2nd against the Arizona Cardinals. Because right now the Cardinals, they're the top seeded team in the NFC right now. They're on track. The Arizona Cardinals are on track to get a number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Dallas is going to play them on January 2nd. So if Dallas can beat the Cardinals, it's going to show them as very well a legitimate team. Because right now the Cowboys and the Chiefs, they're kind of about the same if you look at it. They're winning games, 
but they're not really seen as legitimate. That's the problem. And Dallas showed that yesterday, even though they won. They got to show they're more legitimate, just like other NFL teams in the NFC and also in the NFL as a whole. What happened yesterday was not acceptable in terms of performance. CeeDee Lamb had no touchdowns, and Ezekiel Elliott had no touchdowns as well. And these are top-ranked offensive players for Dallas Cowboys. But the Cowboys are 2-0 in December right now, which is good, but you got to be more consistent. So my question for the Cowboys is, can they become more consistent? Can they prove themselves as a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl? And can they overcome these issues we're having in terms of consistency and be more balanced on both sides of the ball? We'll see how things go for the rest of December for them. December right now is proven to be very kind to them. They're 2-0. and Let's hope it continues, at least from my perspective. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I definitely want that to continue. But when you get to the playoffs, shit is going to get real. And when shit gets real, you got to be ready. And the Cowboys better be ready when you make it to the playoffs. Because right now, if they're not ready, they're going to be one and out. Just like the NFL playoffs are. But right now, the Cowboys, 2-0 December, that's good. But you got to be more legitimate, and they got to be better in offense by scoring more points. Because on paper, they're a really good Super Bowl team. They just got to show it and act like it. And that there's my recap and recent action for the six most interesting teams in this year's NFL season. And I do have an update here. As of last night for Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Rams defeated the Arizona Cardinals by a score of 30-23. to This is a major win for the Los Angeles Rams, as it also does affect the NFL landscape for the NFC arms race to get a number one seed in the playoffs. So right now, here's the standings right now for the NFC in terms of the playoffs to get a number one seed. The Green Bay Packers have a lead with 10 wins and 3 losses. Tampa is just right there with 10 wins and 3 losses. The Arizona Cardinals also have 10 wins and 3 losses, followed by the Dallas Cowboys with a record of 9 wins and 4 losses. And at number 5 stands the Los Angeles Rams at 9 and 4. 9 wins, 4 losses. So we have Green Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Arizona Cardinals in a 3-way tie, even though it does have Green Bay in the lead for its number 1 seed. So right now, here it comes for this upcoming NFL weekend, and this is critical for the Dallas Cowboys because they need to win, obviously, but they also need the Packers, Tampa Bay, and Arizona to lose. If that does happen, it'll make all teams 10 and 4, but if the Rams also win, it'll be another 10 and 4 record. So this weekend, assuming this happens, and where the Cowboys and the Rams win their game, while the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals lose their game, we'll see a five-way tie, well, technically a five-way tie, where we'll see five teams at 10 and 4 in the NFC. If that happens, that'd be a really wild scenario to see. But the Cowboys and the Rams need to see the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals lose this weekend while they have to win their own games in the end. Can it happen? Well, in this year's NFL season, anything is possible, so it could very well happen, although it's not very likely, but it could happen. Now, in the AFC, going to the AFC, the Patriots are dominant team in the AFC with 9-4, and four, followed by Tennessee Titans at 9-4, and four, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs at 9-4. and four. But we did speak about Kansas City earlier in terms of they're really legitimate with this record. So this year's NFL season is such a chaotic ride to get the number one seed in the playoffs for each conference. But the NFC does show the most interest right now with these five teams, the Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys, and Los Angeles Rams. There is definitely a lot going on with these five teams, and this weekend's NFL action would be very critical and very decisive, assuming that Green Bay, Tampa, and Arizona lose, while Dallas and the Rams win. We'll see how that plays out in this year's NFL weekend action. Now, it's my beer print for this year's NFL action. That beer is from Einstock in Iceland. Einstock Brewing in Iceland is definitely a brewery worth checking out. Their beers are now available worldwide. Beer from Iceland, which has been featured here in the Brewstilled podcast before, which was introduced to the Brewstilled podcast back last summer during the summer of Loki World Tour, is an international craft beer worth the exploration and also belongs in the refrigerator. The Arctic Pale Ale, which is this week's selection from Einstock, is a perfect balance of Western hoppiness and old world sensibility. It comes at 5.6 ABV with pale ale malt, crystal malt, chocolate malt, American and Bavarian hops, which are 
the prime ingredients that make up this beer. You can get this beer in a can, a bottle, or a keg. And also, for the food pairings, we don't do food pairings very often here at Brew Distilled, but I am looking to do more of those in 2022. But the food pairing for the Arctic Pale Ale from Einstock is perfect for almost any kind of meal, from burgers to steaks to hearty vegetable dishes, pasta, chili, and even barbecue. And I can definitely see that whenever I have this beer, I can see this beer as being very universal with any kind of food that's out there. Now, I definitely would have it with a good hamburger or a steak or barbecue during watching a football game or even at a restaurant. It's definitely good beer that would pair with those kinds of foods. Now, the flavors in this beer come from mild, you know, slight toffee, a hop aroma, and also like the late hop addition. It has like a good aftertaste to it. It's definitely good beer, very good blended flavor. And it's also award-winning beer as well. Amongst awards, this beer has won, have been bronzed at the New York International Beer Festival in 2018, second place at the Atlantic City Beer Festival in 2017, gold recipient at the San Diego International Beer Festival in 2015, gold recipient at Los Angeles International Beer Competition back in 2015, a bronze recipient at the International Beer Challenge in London back in 2015, and also profiled the 100 best things in GQ Magazine in 2013. The bottle art is really good as well. It has a Viking on there with the Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale writ right on the bottle. I got my beer in a can. I definitely got to find this in a bottle where I find my beers. I definitely got to find this in a bottle, but it's also good in a can. And again, it comes from Einstock Brewing in Iceland. Iceland is a great place for beer. They make their beer with Icelandic water. I think it's all about the water. I think the water helps make Einstock's beers what they are. These are definitely good beers. It's like I said before, Einstock beer is fairy tale in a bottle. It is a beer you'll never forget. You'll never forget the first time you had an Einstock beer. Definitely do check out Einstock beers and do check out this beer from Einstock, the Arctic Pale Ale from Einstock Brewing in Iceland, the craft beer of choice for this year's NFL action. And that shall do for me for this edition of Brew Distilled. Do go out there and enjoy some NFL action this coming Sunday. I definitely a lot of action coming on the horizon in the NFL as we're now winding down to the end of the NFL season as we approach the playoffs. Go out there enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, and whiskey. And if you're a big fan of the MCU, do stay tuned for the edition of Brew Stilled where I recap Hawkeye from Disney+. Plus. That is a current MCU show. I'm recapping here Brew Stilled. So also do tune in for that edition as well if you're into the MCU as much as I am. Also do check out his podcast on Instagram. Do rate this podcast five stars where you listen to your favorite podcast. Do please tell your friends and family about this podcast. And thank you for tuning in as you approach the end of the year and into 2022 where I have big plans for this podcast. So do stay tuned for future updates on that as well. I'm your host, DJ Monte Ale. I'll see you all next time. And until then, be brewed and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers.